говорим. Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Saberos, and this is my weekly jazz co- podcast. Recorded live in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. Jazz, just the way we like it, plays those classic jazz songs of the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I grew up with as a young man, listened to. And here I am playing them now for your pleasure. (coughs) And also to introduce a younger generation to that fabulous, one true creative American art form known as jazz. Well, another week, another podcast. I'm here in the studio once again with my good friend, Lawrence Williams. Larry, how you doing? All right, what's up, man? Hey, nothing much. I'm I'm okay and feeling good, man. I cannot complain. Uh, How has your week been? Been uh, uneventful, but uh, good. You know, it's been uh, pretty good. Yeah, I know, man. It's <coughs> um, you're gonna blink, and we're we're in June already, man. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. How fast uh, time goes by. Yeah. I th- I think I think the older you get, it's not that time travels any differently. Uh, you're just so very much conscious of it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because when I when I think about like. You know, I, I when I try to get five more minutes of sleep or 15 minutes more of sleep, it looks like there's only one minute more of sleep. You know, that's how, that's yeah. what, and I'm quite sure that time is not changing. Yeah. But it feels that way. I remember when I was a young boy, man, and uh, we got off for summer vacation, man, and the summers used to seem so long. Oh, man, it just dragged on, the summers, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now? My God, it's flying, flying. Yeah, I, you know, the, the other thing about the summers that we had was like August was like the most humid month in, in New York City. Yeah. So it was unbearable, you know, yeah. uh, especially back in the 50s and the early 60s. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't have air conditioning, you know, we just yeah. had the fan going on or whatever it was. Well, some of us do don't, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I don't use my air conditioner as much as uh, most people do. Uh, I just try to deal with it. Yeah. My mom and dad didn't never never had the air conditioner in their yeah. house. Yeah. I, I used to use one, man, and then I stopped and I looked at that electric bill. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be a uh, pretty nice, I think it's going to be a very hot summer. My God, you know, there's so much changes in the weather. And, uh, well, you know, you got climate change, global warming, all these issues that's real issues. And, you know, people don't, it's a funny thing about human beings, man. Unless there's an immediate danger, yeah, we don't pay too much attention to it. That slow, you know, gradual, uh, uh, a way out of our face kind of danger, like climate change, uh, we just don't pay that much attention. Yeah, especially our president it doesn't seem doesn't believe that that's happening. Even oh yeah, yeah. Even the, with the way that uh, these uh, major disasters are happening now. That's it, man. You know that they're, they're catastrophic events and and that haven't happened like this in. I know. You know, millenniums. I, the I CO two level is at the highest. It's yeah. In since recording t- recording times. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty pretty, and there's increase in sea levels, melting of the coal. My uh, sister went on the, the cruise last summer to Alaska, uh-huh. and she said, "Man, you, you see it, you see it, you see the, the yeah, 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 the glaciers are melting, man." Yeah, you know, uh, but the, if the sea level rises, as they predict over the next twenty twenty five years, man, people don't realize the, that 
the the total effects of that man is is unbelievable. New York City could be underwater. Right, right, right. You remember what the last hurricane did to Lower Manhattan? Yes, yes. Yeah, I and I never remembered that. Oh, that's never happened before. Yeah. Not in New York City. But all that is landfill. You know, we 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 built that Battery Park, and uh, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's all landfill, but. Um, the fact that it was able to take out the subway the way that it did. Oh, also, yeah, you know, yeah. That's been there for a while. You know, that's not landfill. That's I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Subway's, uh, uh, New York City subway system, man, is approaching a century. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, old stuff, man. Well, you know, we always try to start the show off with a, 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 a song that's of cultural relevance, a song that deals with social activism or addresses a particular problem. Here's a piece by, I. he's no longer with us, but he was a singer, songwriter, poet, civil rights activist, and I used to enjoy listening to this man, Oscar Brown Jr., and a song called Brother, Where Are You? He searched the faces of the people he'd meet For one he could recognize Brother, where are you? They told me that you came this way Brother, where are you? They said you came this way People who passed him by were as cold and as hard as stone. And the poor boy whimpered and began to cry because he was all alone. Oscar Brown Jr. on a song called Brother, Where Are You? Uh, a song that really has speaks to uh, social relationships. And it was a powerful song when it came out. And it's a powerful song st uh, still today. Uh, you remember that piece, Larry? Yes, I, I, I do remember that piece. I love the way that he, uh, um, the way that he sung. Uh, he be, you know, he, when, I, when I think of him, I also think of the guy who said, um, and I can't remember his name right now, now uh, about the revolution. Um, um, God, what is his name? 
Uh, I'm not sure who you told him. You're not talking about the last poets. No, not not, not the last poet. This guy sung by himself, and he talked about when the revolution when the revolution comes. Um, there won't be any television. You won't be. Oh uh, yeah, are uh, you talking about uh, Gil Scott? Gil, yeah, yeah, Gil, Gil Scott Sc- Heron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's in him, uh, Oscar Brown, and uh, uh, even Dick Gregory to a large God's extent. extent. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah, these kinds of social activists, man, that yeah. became integrated in an important part of of their um, music. Yeah, it's just that. Uh, uh, Dick Gregory didn't have the voice in terms yeah. of like singing, but he did deal oh, with yeah. a lot of different issues. Yeah, uh, and was a great social activist, and even to the point, you know, like if you remember him in the beginning, he used to be a very heavy dude. Yes, he was, and I mean more than one ways. I'm not. To- I'm talking about physically as well as being heavy yeah. in the mind, and the fact the way that he came down was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you that know, was determination. Yeah, he apologized for constantly using the N word in his comedies. Okay. When he when he began to make that change, change yeah, he, he no longer used the N word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had an album out, I think, with the N word in it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah. I, you know, it's it's interesting, man. If you look at our generation, and not to say that our generation is any better than any other generation, I'm talking about the baby boomers. Yeah. But we did one thing that I thought was unique. Uh, we greeted each other as brother. Hey, brother, what's happening? Yeah. How you doing, bro? Yeah. You know, uh, and it wasn't something that was advertised through the media. It's something that, that organically grew in black communities. Right. You know, it organically grew. Um, where, and it has a positive connotation to it. We're up as opposed to how a lot of young people greet each other using the N-word. Now, they said, oh, no, we mean it in an affectionate way. But there, there's also, there has to still be that unconscious, negative con- connotation. Right. Because if someone else calls them that very word, they react. That too. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is the, this ambivalence, this uh, a, a dissonance. Uh, yeah, I find like when I'm on the street and I I hear like a Hispanic person using it, who's a, a, you know lighter skin, mm-hmm. um, I get you know I I get ner- not nervous, but I I feel a certain way about it. But I understand like in the Hispanic community and the, and the black community, this is this is something this is normal. Brother, I was on the train one time and these these kids were Indian Asian. Yeah. And they were like talking kind of loud, you know, uh, uh, very much urban kind of behavior. Uh huh. And you constantly using the N word, and I was upset. Yeah. Because I knew they had no idea of the history yeah. and what that word represents. Yeah, yeah. And then I got, you know, to the point that, you know, we, we can't blame no one but ourselves because we turned that word on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, in, in this false attempt to somehow glorify uh, a word that represents such pain and agony yep. and suffering. Wow. I still don't like that N-word. Uh, yeah, that makes two of us. I know, man. Here's us. <coughs> we got to get to some jazz here, man. But here's the, here's the song, man. One of the songs that changed the direction of jazz, man. John Coltrane, my favorite thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, folks, this song, man, you know, it's an amazing song. This is the, the uh, few things. This was the first time John Coltrane played a, a, whole, a whole album with a soprano, with a soprano sax. Uh, and this was his seventh album that he did. Uh, and and my favorite thing, for, for those who don't realize it, was the song in the musical, uh, The Sound of Music. Uh, and I, I like that music, musical. In fact, I went with students to Austria, and we went to Salisbury, Austria, where the Sound of Music was filmed. And we stayed at that very house that they filmed the Sound of Music. Oh wow! Yeah, and so you I, up in the mountains? Too, yeah, 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 beautiful yeah. up there, man. I'm like, I can imagine. Beautiful, and and Salisbury, Austria, is also the birthplace of Mozart. 
So here we go, folks. John Coltrane's interpretation of my favorite thing.
My Favorite Thing by John Coltrane from the album titled My Favorite Thing. Recorded in 1961 with John Coltrane on soprano sax, McCoy Tyner on piano, Elvin Jones on drums, and Steve Davis on bass. Wow, without a doubt, that's one of my top 10 songs, uh, all-time top 10 songs, um, jazz songs. That song, along with the piece by Miles, the album by Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, and also songs by Charlie Mingus, many people credit these three as changing the direction of jazz, from going from bebop into what we call modern jazz. But this was truly a masterpiece. Yes, uh, uh, I, I mean, I mean. Atlantic really put this together in terms of like the how they recorded it, uh, the separation that you know I found you know throughout the uh, the whole record, and also the thing that got me too was that the master the that uh, train showed on 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 that uh, soprano sax, and that's the first time I I think you said that he's actually done an album with uh, soprano sax, but. That came off so sweet, so oh my God, so yeah. masterful the way that he did it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like unbelievable, you know. Like as almost he's been yeah. playing that was that was his instrument, whereas really the tenor is his instrument. John Cole, I mean uh, Miles Davis brought him a soprano sax a year before. Okay, when he was still in the Miles Davis group, a oh. year or a year and a half, something like that, and uh, he picked it up, man. You know. Yeah, I I mean because of him, it, Wayne Shorter plays the uh, soprano sax as well, and and he plays as you know not quite as not quite as much as uh, not quite as well as he does, but this particular song was just so so powerful. Yeah, he he plays that uh, uh, sax man, and then Dan McCoy tying on that piano is almost hypnotic. Oh my God, he is. Those hands of his are so strong. You know you can tell McCoy when McCoy is playing. Yeah. McCoy comes out. I mean, his. you know, there's certain uh, pianists mm-hmm. that you can tell right away. McCoy is one of them, and, and Oscar Peterson is another guy yeah. that, that you tell by, by the strokes. And, you know, the amazing thing about this song, man, the melody is always there. You always know it's my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah. And yet they, they, the Im- Im- improv is yeah. up and down and all throughout it. Uh, a masterpiece of jazz, man. Uh, it really highlighted what was to come with John Coltrane, his brilliance. Yes, yes. Sir. Another brilliant artist, man, who also played a role in bringing about modern jazz, the man Charlie Mingus. And here's a song I, I really enjoy. Uh, it's symbolic of people's triumph for freedom and struggle against persecution. And it's from the album, The Clown, and it's called The Haitian Fight Song.
the Haitian fight song uh, composed and arranged by Charlie Mingus, man, on bass. Uh, recorded in 1957 on the album The Clown. You listen to that, man. Those bass solos are absolutely amazing. They clearly demonstrate the genius of uh, Charles Mingus. What an amazing song, man. And he wrote that piece and dedicated to the struggle for freedom from persecution. And you can tell by the, the title of it, the Haitian fight song, they're talking about that Haitian revolution. Larry, what do you thought? Oh, man, that was beautiful. That was another one of those, you know, one of the great uh, jazz musicians that uh, uh, we came up with. Uh, I didn't get a lot of his stuff. I didn't buy a lot of his stuff. But, um, and I don't know why that happened. Um, because he's really got, I mean, he's really, not often do you hear such uh, a solo, you know, uh, where... Uh, the jazz musician takes control yeah. of of the uh, of the piece, mm -hmm. but he was such a great one that that. Uh, but he always gave some everybody a little bit of it, a little bit of it. Yeah, you know, he always gave everybody a little bit of it. Um, like the uh, <clears throat> the trombone player, I I I don't know him, but that was really good. I could I could identify yeah. the instrument right away. Uh, and that was good. So I, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's an amazing arrangement, man. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, part of his brilliance was his, co you know, composition and arrangement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. He was, uh, he was loved by those really downhearted jazz enthusiasts. Yeah. You know, uh, when we got introduced to jazz, man, we were like we were enthusiasts, but. You know, we were also enthused with other stuff, man. We listened to other types of music. But the purists, they, yeah. they knew Mingus, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we grew into him later. And talking about, you know, other kinds of stuff, man, here's one for you, Larry. Uh, my man Joe Cuba. All right. Yeah, Joe Cuba, man, on a piece called Bang Bang. I don't uh, know if you uh, haven't uh, heard this, folks. Uh, uh, this yeah. is... Uh, Latin boogaloo, Latin soul at its best, man. Joe Cuba is right here from New York City, East Harlem. And uh, he's the pioneer in Latin boogaloo and Latin soul. He's no longer with us, but he was one of the first to mix that English and Spanish, man, and come up with that sound. So sit back or move the body and groove with Joe Cuba, bang, bang.
Yeah, that's a classic, man. That's a classic. Yeah. Recorded in 1967, Joe Cuba, man. Man, that captured 67, man. Everybody <laughs> partied off that, man, whether you in the black community, Latino community, or any other community, man. That was it, man. That was Latin Boogaloo, brother. It didn't get any better at that time. No, it didn't, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Cornbread and chitlins. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. There's a little bit of everything in that, man. Uh -huh, and yeah. that that was strictly urban, man. That was yeah. urban New York. Yeah. Man. Uh -huh. You know, he, he he captured it in that song, man. That was uh Joe Cuba, man. Wow. I had to pull that one out, man. Uh -huh. that, that was there. good. That was good. Yeah. Here's here's a piece, man. You know, I didn't listen to this artist much, uh, but I appreciate him. He did some very interesting stuff especially with an album on Attica, at called Attica Blues. But this is not from the Attica Blues al album. This is another piece playing a classic jazz song called Alone Together. And I'm talking about Archie Shep. And Archie Shep, man, had a pretty unique style of playing, a little different from other sax players. So sit back and enjoy this piece by Archie Shep called Alone Together.
Sachi Shep, a piece called Alone Together from the Blue Ballads album. Man, Archie was, Archie Shep, man, he was such a creative genius and artist. He always uh, was willing to uh, step beyond the boundaries of what was so-called traditional, like he threw that voice in at the end. I mean, he used voices in a lot of his, his, his albums, especially his latest stuff. Very creative, man. Very creative. Yeah, that was sure. Yeah, I forgot about him and his voices. Uh, was he? Um, uh, mumble, I don't. I don't know if that's the right words. Um, uh, mumbles a little bit on some of the albums, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He integrates a lot of different stuff, well, man. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, we got to play some more of Archie Shep, man. And, you know, he's yeah. an artist that that needs to be recognized and heard more and appreciated for his extraordinary abilities and contributions to the whole uh, uh, field of jazz, man. Yeah, he t- uh, Tiny turned me on to one of his albums that uh, was uh, recorded in Europe, and it had like a different type of uh, um, inside c- uh, covering yeah. envelope, and that album was oh, yeah. bad. Yeah, he's uh he's like one of the artists, man. Like you go abroad, man. He was like widely appreciated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so much more than the states. Well, Larry, man, what can I tell you, brother? It's been it's been that time. It's about that time, man. Wow, wow. I enjoy you being here, man. You gotta get, get, make sure you're here for the next time. Yeah, I enjoy it, man. I definitely enjoy it. Yeah, and I want to thank everyone for listening and tune in again next week uh, to our podcast, Jazz, just the way we like it. And if you want to listen to any old episodes, go to Radio Public and just type in Jazz, just the way we like it, and all 55 episodes will come up, and that should keep you busy for a little while. Um, <laughs> But enjoy your Memorial Day, and as always, peace and love. Bright as stars that shine up above you in the clear blue skies. How I worry about you, just can't live my life without you, baby. Come here, don't have no fear, oh, is there a wonder why I'm really feeling in the mood for love? So tell me why Stop to think About this weather, my dear This little dream might fade away There I go talking out of my head again Oh baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together That would make me strong and